Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Kelly, and welcome to The Millennial Minimalists. We're two Canadian millennials and minimalists on a mission to live more with less. And together, our goal is to inspire you to design a simpler, more intentional life. Hi, everyone. Today, Lauren and I talk about how to manage life's distractions so that you can keep on track and free up time. If you feel like you're constantly distracted by access things in your home, ideas in your head, or notifications on your phone, you're not alone. These are just a few areas in our lives that can constantly pull us away from our tasks at hand. Even after we purge physical, mental, emotional, and digital clutter, everyday distractions can pull us away from the lives we want to live. Fortunately, the minimalist lifestyle can help us quickly identify and manage these distractions. By living with less, we become more intentional with how we spend our time and how we respond to the noise around us. The minimalist lifestyle presents an opportunity to become deeply conscious of the distractions around us so that we can manage or remove them. Together in our discussion, we share our own experiences and lessons to help you address the distractions in your life. Be inspired to beat your own internal and external triggers so that you can live each day with great focus and intention. So I'm so excited for this discussion because I know that feeling distracted is something that we can all relate to. And I've personally been working on various distractions in my life. So I'm excited to share some of my ideas uh, that are some of the ideas that have been helping me. Yeah, I hope we can help you guys be more reflective on what even being aware of your distractions, because I think a lot of times we aren't aware of our distractions. And I was saying to Kelly earlier that I didn't realize how distracted I was until I started making notes on this episode. So it's interesting. I hope you guys, once you you listen to it, you're just even more aware of what is constantly distracting you. Yeah. And you know what? I was writing my notes this past week and I I, I met with a mentor figure of mine and he really helped me put everything into perspective on a high level. And really this lifestyle, it, it, it essentially helps us remove the excess, right? So we get clear on our goals and our values. And in having that clarity, we become more aware of the distractions around us, which is a good thing because then we can be more intentional with how we address them, right? Rather than just continually responding to that urge or to those urges, we can manage them or remove them. So I think that's one of the biggest benefits of living this lifestyle is that you can really get a handle on everyday distractions that are demanding your attention. For sure. I feel like I could be like alone in a forest and I would still, my mind would be running a million miles a minute. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the clutter that we need to manage. That's definitely one area. Uh, so to start, I think it would be great if we defined what distractions are. So author Nir Eyal, he's a best-selling time management author from the States. He has a book called How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. And this is actually going to be one of the next books on my reading list. Very excited to read this. He defines distractions as actions that pull you away from your values and the person you want to become. Love that. Love that. I want to read this book now. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) I I hope all of our listeners are now inspired too. Uh, And he divides distractions into two categories, and that's internal triggers and external triggers. So those internal triggers, those in your mind, as we discussed, and those outside of us. I feel like distractions are getting worse and worse for people every day, like as we modernize our lives and just with our phones and with work and 
it's insane how much we're pulled in so many different directions. I have a few stats I want to go over later on in the podcast for how distracted we actually are. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's just increasing every day. I mean, we're living in this age where we are more bombarded every day, but we also have the ability to control these things. Yeah, we do. The most exciting part. And so I thought I would start with talking about the physical clutter that can often distract us. And so I, I'm going to share some of the examples in my life. So as many of you know, the first thing that I did when I started simplifying my life is that I decluttered my closet. And it was an area that was quite messy in ways. I had a lot of stuff that I didn't love or use. And so now that I have a capsule wardrobe, I'm saving time in the morning, right? Because I only have a certain amount of pieces. So when I get dressed up in the morning, I don't have to spend so much time making that decision. I feel better. Uh, and I no longer have things distracting me, right? And, and it can also be subconscious too, right? Looking at all those things, especially your seasonal wear, if it's winter and you're looking at summer clothes every day, that's not helpful. Uh, so store those items. Again, you can go back to all of our episodes about how do you declutter your closet, etc. And we give some amazing tips on really how to simplify your space so that you have mental clarity. And so moving away from my closet, I often find that we tend to put out pieces in our kitchen, in our living room that we actually don't need to sit out all day. And they're actually distracting us in many ways. So especially when it comes to the kitchen, we've talked about this before, kitchen appliances, if you don't use them every single day, they shouldn't be on your countertop. So if you if you have a toaster or a toaster oven that's out on your countertop, you can just hide it away, just tuck it away. Also, extra cups, extra plates, cutlery. If you are one or two people living in your home, you probably don't need eight sets of each, right? Uh, so you can store that for when you have company, etc. It really, really helps clear your mind. Again, to have that, to have that clean space really, really helps you gain that clarity and that focus every day. So now we live in this COVID world, Lauren, and many of us are working from home. I'm working from home. I know you're still going to your office, but the majority of us are working from home. And I heard a stat recently that 40% of the American workforce is working from home right now. It's just crazy. Wow. That's all That's these crazy. people. And so it's just, it's this new world we live in. And I was thinking, you, I really, when I work from home, you really need to build a very nice, clean environment so that you can keep that focus. And so what I found that's really helpful for me is, unfortunately, I have to work from my kitchen table. It's my kitchen table. It's also my office table. And that's fine. I just know that if I don't have this certain setup every day, I won't be able to have the focus that I want. And so first thing I do is I put my phone away, especially if you can, if you can put your phone away, do it. If you have that opportunity at work to put it away, put it on airplane mode, do it so that you can have that deep focus. So I usually leave it charging in the other room. I usually have earphones in my ears, uh, listening to instrumental music to keep myself zoned in. And I also like candles, something that I do. It just helps me stay in that spot because I know that I wouldn't leave the space if I had my candles going or whatever. And uh, yeah, so those are some tips that I use. But there is some, I've been reading some articles online and I think that you're going to be really fascinated by these, Lauren. I'm really, really excited to tell you about this. So I read an article uh, on entrepreneur.com 
And the author of this article talks about a few proven strategies for overcoming distractions. And he says the first strategy during work time, put yourself in what he calls distraction-free mode. So my example, very similar to this, create a focused environment, put your phone away, put on noise canceling headphones, turn off the internet if you can. I know a lot of us, we need the internet for work, but it's usually for email, but we don't need to respond to emails immediately all the time. And I think a lot of us, we go into work just for being responsive all day rather than being proactive. Uh, so that's something to think about. Number two, and he gave three, three that really stood out to me. Number two is give yourself a shorter time frame to finish your work. Lauren, oh, do, you, do you, yeah, do you ever find that if you have two, let's say you have, if, I, if, let's say I gave you five hours to do your research for this podcast today, you would take that five hours, he argues, and you would usually fill any extra time with distractions. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it's so true. I always find that if I had plans in an evening, I was was more efficient at work. Because if you don't have plans, you're like, oh, I'm going to finish this tonight. Yep. So it's the time you have allotted. They always say if you need something done, give it to someone who's busy because they'll get it done right away because they don't yeah. have Yeah. My yeah. former boss said that about a colleague of mine. Uh, so, so knowing you have less time, you will work more efficiently. So if you say, oh, I have an hour to do this, then you'll be able to put your head down in most cases. So he, he mentions Parkinson's law says that work tends to expand to fill the time we have available for its completion. So very interesting. The third piece, it's going to interest you the most, according to a Harvard study, he says that we spend 50% of our waking time thinking about things outside of what we're doing or are supposed to be doing. And he says that the solution is to recognize when your mind is wandering, pay attention to your thoughts, and then bring your attention back to the task at hand. And again, mind wandering can be a good or a bad thing. It just depends on the context. No, that's so true. Um, it's funny because you were talking about physical clutter because Kelly and I are doing this over Zoom because the lockdown and I can just see her kitchen behind her with nothing on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Well, there's one thing on my counter I should mention. So I am, a, I love coffee so much. And so I do have an espresso uh, that has been saving me through COVID because I'm not going out to grab coffees and uh, it's been amazing. So that's one thing I do keep on my countertop. I don't think you keep anything on yours. Do you, Lauren? Um, I keep an espresso and a plant because I like the aesthetics of the two, but that's it. And, and maybe a candle. <laughs> and a candle. <laughs> it's amazing because you really notice everything in each other's apartments because there is Yeah, we were joking much. around. If one of us gets like the smallest new, it's like, oh, you got a new pen. Yeah. <laughs> you have nothing. I'm like, obviously we've said this many times, but I've always, you know, been the master of simplicity of the physical clutter. And even as a kid, I remember uh, sitting in class and all the kids would have all these pencils and all these erasers and all these books. And I just have my one pencil and my one eraser. And I've just needed this clean slate physically, whether it's my desk or my kitchen or my bedroom or my closet to almost ignite my creativity. Like I, I have so much thoughts going on in my mind that I, I need this like blank canvas in my life to be able to pursue. Um, That's cute. When yeah. I was a kid, I had that pencil case full of every single pencil, every single pen and every single colored crayon. <laughs> I was the opposite. 
<laughs> That's why I'm the adopter. <laughs> I'm, no kidding. I do. I, I've realized though that like I, I still sometimes will like buy stuff or bring stuff home and physical clutter ignites anxiety in me. And maybe that's why I'm just such a minimalist naturally. It's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, or like, where am I going to put it? Or it, it just, it causes a bit of anxiety in me. So I, I'm just aware of that. And I'm, I'm much more uh, intentional about what I'm buying. And if I am going to buy something, I have to make sure I know where I'm going to put it because I know that if it's just out or thrown somewhere, it's going to bother me. And what is it, your desk at work like? Um, it's always blank. I literally have a, my laptop and maybe, a like a glass of water. Mm-hmm. I do try to shut off my phone. I, I'm going to go into digital clutter, uh, later, but no, I, I always keep it neat and put stuff away. I don't know. I, some people can compartmentalize their brain and their thoughts and they don't mind to mess around them. They can still be creative, but I need it blank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember we went to an art gallery earlier this year before COVID hit. And do you remember running into that artist? So we ran into an artist who talked about how he's like, you should have me on the pod because I love mess. And I was like, oh, really? You love mess? He goes, yes, but I like mess that is intentional. So he's an artist. He uses and loves everything in his art room. That being said, outside of his art room, everything is very minimalistic. So he is a minimalist, yet this part of his life is a little bit chaotic, but that's where he gets his creativity. So we should recognize that as well. Oh, for sure. I'm, we all have places where, like like I say, I have mental clutter and digital yeah. clutter, like there's other areas, but yeah, everyone has a place where they're a bit distracted as we're talking about. So for us, I think the majority of distractions are mental and digital, right? So why don't we start with the digital? Uh, this is an obvious one. Your phone, one of the biggest distractions. It's your third hand. Again, we're in a COVID environment. Wash your phone. Uh, <laughs> but the phone, the first thing you need to do is turn off all notifications, including Messenger. I turned off notifications in my Messenger for the first time a week and a half ago, and I will never go back. It is amazing. I shut off all notifications five years ago and never went back. Really? Yeah, I've, I've never had, but I still, by default, will go on my phone and check my messages. So I literally have to shut my phone off to be focused. It's that little barrier that kind of, if I go to reach for it, I'm like, oh, it's shut off. I'm not going to wait for it to turn back on to check messages. So I just get back to my work. Yeah. And sometimes we know when someone's going to message us. So if we expect it, we can kind of determine when we want to check our phone. Yeah, right. That's true. And it's also important to communicate to our friends and family that it is, for example, if you're going to focus, you can communicate that this is my focus time and I will be in touch at X time. And I think it's good to train, train your peers in a sense, uh, and also be accommodating for friends who do the same, right? Don't take it personally. I feel like my friends are like, no point in calling Lauren. She's not going to pick up. Really? <laughs> they just learn now. Well, sometimes I do, but I always call people back or if I'm available to talk. But no, if I'm, if I'm working on stuff, um, I won't. I actually read an interesting uh, stat today. It was with Harvard Business Review. And it said that we waste time, energy, attention on relatively unimportant information. And we waste 25% of our time. So think of 
a quarter mm-hmm. of our time we're spending doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. So if you can, and I, I want to bring this up later on in the podcast because we, well, I guess we're talking about digital clutter right now, but one of the biggest ways I help myself get over these distractions is by allowing myself time to be distracted. Like I'm like, okay, Lauren, you can have an hour, fragment your attention, check a bunch of different apps, go on YouTube, check the news, like, you know, just do it. And then you'll have gotten that out of your system and you can get back to work. Cause there's times where we all do it. We're at work and we just cannot focus. So yeah. it's kind of like if you take a step back, let yourself watch a couple YouTube videos or like, I don't know, a bit of Netflix or like a, an episode and then get back kind of with fresh eyes and you've gotten a little bit out of your system instead of constantly trying to stop your, it's like, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. It's like, okay, well, right. for a little bit and then come back to what you need to focus on. Right. No, that's a great tip. I like that. Give yeah. yourself permission. Yeah. Cause we all do it. And it's so, I feel like because of our generation, we're so obsessed with checking our phone and obsessed with checking the news and social media and all this stuff that it's like, if, if you kind of, what's the word, like try not to do it. Yeah. Resist the urge. Resist yourself from doing it. You like want it more. So it's like, if you just kind of let yourself do it or give yourself times to do it, you'll have less of an urge to want to do it all the time. And then when you get to your work, you'll be focused on your work. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. I actually have another tip. So it's by the same author, uh, Nir El, uh, who defined distractions for us. It's called the 10 minute rule. And I love this. And I think that you'll appreciate it too. So I have to find that I'm working and you, maybe you feel this way, you're working and then you feel these urges whether that is to eat a snack, that's me often. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go grab a snack, going to grab a snack. Or check that social media DM notification, right? All these little things. Rather than succumbing to that urge, he says, tell yourself internally, oh, you can do it in 10 minutes. So then you keep working. And he says that if you were to say no to yourself in that moment, it would probably backfire. But if you wait for these 10 minutes and think that you'll be able to carry it out, you'll be less likely to actually give in to the urge, which I think is so awesome. Uh, I think that that mm-hmm. really works. I've tried it. I tried it today and it worked wonders. <laughs> I never yeah, succumbed to that urge. True. You know what I find interesting? I don't know if you get this, but because our mind is so fragmented with technology. Like you text one app, check one app, and then you'll text another, check another, and then you're texting someone, texting someone else. I find that when I'm doing things in life, like cooking or cleaning or reading, like I constantly switch gears. Like I'll I'll be like doing the dishes and then I'll stop and start making my bed. And then I'll stop making my bed. I'm not even done. And I'll start putting clothes away. And I'm just constantly switching Here, so I I feel like once you're able to master this distraction part of minimalism, you'll be able to focus on one thing at a time. And I've just noticed that in my life. Even I'll be working on something and I'll be like, I want to work on something else now. Yeah, this is it. This is it. We want to multitask. And multitasking is a form of distracting ourselves, right? Multitasking is just another way of pulling us away from the tasks that we're currently focused on, right? And so then we're giving 
20% to everything. And then maybe you only made half your bed. Maybe you only washed half the dishes. Like, why can't we just do also, why can't we just do one thing at one time? And I have an example for you. So I recently recognized that I tend to compact my time because I still tend to pack my days in many ways and I'm still learning and growing in that area. But for example, when I go for my daily walk, I usually listen to an audiobook because I'm like, oh, well, I can listen to this book and do my research. The majority of books that I read, I really want to retain the information. I really want to write down notes. So what I do is I go for my walk and then I end up realizing, oh, I don't remember what I just listened to because my mind is wandering. I'm looking at everything around me while I'm walking. So my mind's wandering. So I have to rewind the episode or the audiobook. I'm constantly rewinding. And also think about it. I'm walking and I am stopping every few minutes because I want to make notes. So I'm not being productive in terms of I'm not retaining the information. And number two, I'm not getting a quality exercise because I keep stopping. Right? Yeah. And our culture has this obsession with wanting to like double up everything. It's like, oh, I'm going for a walk. Oh, well, I better learn something and I better make that phone call. And yeah, I, yeah, I remember I would go on my bike rides in the summer and I would put my AirPods in and do my like long phone calls. Like if I had to call the phone company or something where I'd be on hold for a long time, I'm like, oh, well, now's a good time to do it while I'm on my bike ride instead of just enjoying the bike ride. Yes, exactly. So, and so to, as a solution to this situation of mine, I'm like, okay, we'll make time for my 45 minute walk. Maybe yeah. put music in my ears, do something that like mindless, like just the point of that is exercise, get out there, clear your mind. And then I've decided that I'm going to take 30 minutes every Monday to Friday to listen to an audiobook. just lay on my couch, listen to the audiobook, and take notes. First, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of weird, but it's not weird. It's just like reading a book. Same thing. No, it's so true. I find sometimes with like commuting or walking, there are times when I just want to listen to music and zone out. And there's other times where I'm like, I could really listen to like something right now and get a lot out of it and retain it and enjoy it. So I think it kind of depends on your state of mind too. Like I'm sure there's been times where you're out on a beautiful walk listening to a really good book and you've enjoyed both. Yeah, that that's true, but it's rare. I'm always stopping and I'm always rewinding and I'm like, oh, I have been reading uh, the same book, an audiobook for gosh, over a month now and I keep rewinding, I keep rewinding and I was like, okay, well this oh, is you I'm going to finish the, pardon? Well, cuz you want to pay attention to it, yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm I'm not retaining. I'm not I'm not retaining the information. So, yeah. So anyways, I'm going to solve that. So that's my way of solving it. So I figured that out. Uh and again, the idea of doing one giving your full focus to each task, it's going to feel amazing because at the end of the day, you'll feel more accomplished. For example, it's like, "Oh, I got my exercise. I called that friend. I did that focused work for an hour kind of thing." And so you've done each thing. So rather than you know, compacting all three into one experience, you're able to give 100% to those three things rather than 20% to like, say, like five or six things. And when you give more time and attention to a few things, then you do less. And then you have to be more intentional about what you're doing and putting on your to-do list in the first place, Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to put all of these things on and do them all at once. Um, I also find something really interesting with myself is that when I give myself so much stuff to do, 
I do less because I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. And then I try to distract myself because I'm overwhelmed with what I have to do. But if I only have a couple things, then I'm like, I can do this. Like, this is manageable. And then if I get them done, I'm like, I could do more. Then that's great. But I think a lot of times maybe the distractions just come from the sense that we have so much to do. We just don't want to do it. So we try to do something else to distract ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So I want to know, how do you manage your digital clutter, Lauren? So if you, with my phone, like I said, I, I've i never really had notifications on, like with messages. I actually have to go into my messages or my phone calls to see if I have any missed ones. Um, I don't keep social media on my phone. I, I might download Instagram like once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my social media of choice. I really like YouTube. That's probably my most distracted type of social yeah. media. But with YouTube, I watch like interviews and TED Talks and um, there's just people I follow and I enjoy. So it's very, like it, it adds a lot of value to my life from what I learn. It's very educational. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do it when you are fully present with it, right? I know you usually watch YouTube videos in the morning or at night. You're not doing it while you're yeah. at work. Actually, sometimes you made me think of this. I would w- watch YouTube videos while I was going for a walk. <laughs> and I would just be walking down and I'm probably like aggravating people because I'm not paying attention. But that that wasn't a good thing to do. But that's just going to show how much I love YouTube. Especially um, when you live in the city, not safe. Yeah, I know. Well, it's kind of not busy right now. But yeah. um, no, I definitely... I don't have notifications on my phone. I don't have social media on my phone. I, I try to shut my phone off and put it away, put it in a drawer. Like, so I would have to get up and turn my phone on to look at it. That can m- make a huge like advantage to your life. I, I also find, I just want to make this comment. If I do post something on social media, like a story, I, there's certain people who see it right away. And I can't help but think, I'm like, God, these people must be on their phones all the time. <laughs> like, I, I'm baffled by it. Like, I want to reach out to them and be like, you, are you okay? You should delete the app. You're very distracted. <laughs> but um, I, I just, I, I noticed that. So I try to um, shut my phone off. When I'm working on my laptop, I really try not to keep the email tab open. I, we've discussed this because... I, I will respond to it or look at it or check it. Um, and then, like I said, I, you know, I have like my, I love watching Jimmy Kimmel. So I watch him every day. I read the news. Like I check YouTube. There's so many different streams and avenues I check. And when I kind of just, I'm like, okay, take an hour and just do whatever you want. Then I get that out of my system and I can get back to work. So those I, are my- I love that tip. It is. And I, I would all, I felt like all day I was just like, it's like with trying to eat healthy. It's like, if you just let yourself have a cookie, then you can, it's better than like having a bunch of cookies. So if you kind of let yourself have some engagement with social media or YouTube or Netflix or whatever you're checking, then you can kind of get back to the the stuff that's important. So those yeah. are my biggest things with digital. I'm definitely less distracted than most people because I'm so aware of this. And well, people just sit on their phones for hours. That When I was writing my notes, I realized that our phones are such an outlet for all of these areas, like physical. It's like a physical possession. Yep. It's, it's technology. Mental. It, you know, you see things on there and you react to them. 
So like our phone is such a culprit for distractions in every area of your life. So, and it's with us all the time. It's our companion. It's like your best friend and your worst enemy all at the same time. If you let it be. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. We just want to take a moment and say thank you for listening to the millennial minimalist and to let you know about our exciting, simple living consultations. Are you spending your days shopping online in sweatpants and your mom's flip-flops? Do you want to finally get healthy, organized, and save money? If so, you may just need a coach. Whether you want to get a handle on your schedule, your closet, or your bank account, Kelly and I are here to help simplify all areas of your life. You can email us at millennialminimalist at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook to set up your free 10-minute consultation. We have minimal, no pun intended, space. So please reach out to us today. We love you all and we're excited to hear from you. Oh gosh, I mean, a a colleague of mine, uh, sorry, a client of mine mentioned to me yesterday that she's taking a few days off uh, during the next two weeks. And she says, I plan on turning off my applications or removing them from my phone. And I thought that was really great. So, I mean, I know you don't have social media. You don't, you only download it once or twice a month, but it's also a great tip to just remove it from your phone for those few days or the week or so that you maybe are taking off for vacation, et cetera. So. Yeah. My, um, I was with my dad the last couple of days and he doesn't have a cell phone. Mm -hmm. I want to like interview him on his life. I'm like, so like, what do you do all day? Like, (laughs) so your mom speaks on his behalf or what? Well, yeah, my mom has a cell phone and she texts, I guess. Yeah. And if I want to talk to my dad, I have to call him. Wow. We need your dad on the pod. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) We do. I would love to hear what life is like without a phone. phone. Uh, He's the only person I know without a cell phone and my 91 year old grandmother. I don't know anyone else. Yeah, I mean, she'd be a great person to speak with as well. Uh, But actually, I was in my elevator yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. And I found myself looking down at my phone. And the gentleman in the elevator with me, he must have been in his late 70s. And he was staring at me. And he's probably thinking, oh, this girl stuck her face is stuck in her phone. You know, and immediately I thought to myself, okay, putting the phone down. (laughs) That's what hit my head. I was like, oh. I feel like if, someone because we are the generation of technology but if someone was looking at me for having my face on my phone I'm usually reading so oh true that's a good point yeah I'm reading a book don't judge me yeah next time I should just say hey uh I'm reading (laughs) don't worry I'm not I'm not an addict I'm just addicted to reading on my phone (laughs) that makes it okay uh so yeah and then one also I also want to recommend that if you're desktop computer is full of files, messy files. Try to make time to clean it up. It will, even if you don't think that it distracts you, it does subconsciously. So clean up your files. Remember, I keep all my files in my trash. Yeah, don't be as extreme as Lauren though. Uh, (laughs) Lauren will keep her files in her trash so that she doesn't have to see any on her desktop. Now that is an extreme. Yeah, I'm an extreme person. Lauren, the trash can will remove those files within 30 days. Well, if I really need them, I guess I'll have to get them. But with Mac, you have to save things on the desktop and I like a black desktop. Again, this comes in with my, I like a blank canvas. 
Yeah, you do. You do. And you know that it works for you. That being said, if you love color, you want to look at a photo, you can have those things. Minimalism doesn't mean black or white. Something just to continually mention. But okay, so now I'm excited. Let's talk about mental and emotional clutter because this is an area I think that is the most distracting. It is so distracting. Calm, we need to calm our minds. So um, this was my biggest wake up call doing the notes for this podcast about how much I just think about everything. Kelly had shared, we can put this in the show notes, but she shared a song that's done in quotes and it, it was at a graduation speech. Oh, the sunscreen song. Yes. And he said in it, um, you know, the things you worry about don't happen. Like the biggest things in life, they blindsight you. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you're sitting around worried all the time about all of this stuff. And like the things that actually do happen are so unexpected and you couldn't even have thought of them. So I try to think about that when I'm worrying about stuff. I'm like, you know what, Lauren, I know you're worrying about this, but it's probably not going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen or it clears up where there's a solution, I'm like, see, I told you there's no point in you worrying about this. Right, right. And we all do it. Yeah, it's good that you're addressing that. No, it's true. It's true. And I would say that the one thing that's really helped me is having a journal, my bullet journal, and looking at that every day because I know what my tasks are for the day. So I know what my day looks like. So I know what I need to get done. So I'm able to build in focus into my everyday, which is a beautiful thing. And Right now, I'm trying to simplify it as much as I can so that I get five things accomplished every day, one thing in the work environment, I mean, get my work task done for the day, one social thing, call a friend, speak to a friend, something personal that falls in the self-care category, maybe that means meditating, maybe that means taking a long shower, Uh, number four, learning, listen to a quick podcast, I usually listen to the daily every morning, it's a 30 minute quick podcast, get all my news highlights, I love it, and uh, and then I exercise, so. I find having a to-do list, even if I do get distracted and move away from it, I just having it there in front of me kind of makes me gravitate back towards it, of what, it's like, oh, this is what I should be working on. This is what I should be doing as opposed to just kind of la la la. Yeah, that's good. It brings you back. It brings you back. Yeah, no, that's great. And something else, another tip is try getting the most challenging tasks done first. Yes. Because I find we can always spend all day thinking about it. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this today. Well, why don't you do that first? Because it seems like the one that is most top of mind and the most anxiety ridden. So get that done first. It's really, really helped me so much. Also, if you ever feel so distracted to the point where you're like, Hey, I can't tell myself, wait 10 minutes, just get up and go for a five, 10 minute walk. That really, really helps you clear your head, get in a new headspace, come back to your work and your work will be so much better. Something that happened to me yesterday, Lauren, after uh, connecting with my mentor figure, who I mentioned earlier, I came back, I said, okay, I have an hour. And I was about to make a coffee, had my coffee cup already, and I went to my computer and I got so much writing done for a full hour. And I went back, I was like, wait, I never pressed the button on my Nespresso. I never drank a sip of my water because I was so focused. 
I love when that happens. Yeah, I love when that happens, but you have to like harness those moments because they'll come out of nowhere. And if you let yourself get distracted during them, you can really let go of like really good, like inspirational writing time or work time. So yeah, thinking well, on these distractions is so important. And again, it takes so many seconds to get back into what you were doing if you're distracted, right? So and what I want to say, because Kelly and I were going to originally talk about mental clutter and then emotional clutter, but we ended up intertwining them for this section. But I was trying to think of myself, how can, what, like, what's the difference between the two? But I found that mental clutter and mental distractions are just kind of useless, mundane thoughts that we constantly go over. Like, oh, I have to pick that up. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, what should I wear today? What should I have for lunch? Oh, this didn't turn out. I'm not going to make this recipe again. Like just this like constant stream of thoughts that's so useless. Mm-hmm. Whereas emotional clutter is things that like emotionally trigger you that like are upset, you're upset about, or you're angry about, or you're irritated with, or even happy or excited about, which are, those are good. But it's, it's those distractions that you continue that trigger, like you're angry about something and you're mad like all day or for a few days about it. Like that's the emotional distraction from your life. And being able to recognize that and deal with it will just let you get back to the real things. And I have to constantly remind myself, Lauren, it doesn't matter. Stop thinking about that. We'll get that issue resolved. Like, or... <laughs> constantly questioning myself well why are you upset about that well why does that matter and getting to the root of it and figuring out what I can do about it instead of just like letting it hijack my thought process yeah uh the thought leader Leo Babauta he has the blog zenhabits.com he calls them our monkey minds you know Mm -hmm. our own monkey minds he says can actually be solved by being present So by managing and eliminating distractions, we can become more present and be able to be present is the reason why we need to change, to manage and eliminate distractions. Like that is the core of our conversation today. Like being present is the ultimate goal here. Like this way we can give a hundred percent of our attention to a task. And even if it's 75%, that's still better than the majority of the time. And the reason why I think is because again, Lauren, you're seeing all these thoughts in your head, like some of them are about you're thinking about uh, the future, you know, oh yeah, I'm excited about this tonight, or this is really frustrating me, or I'm scared to do this, that's going to be happening in the future, or you're thinking about something in the past that happened that you're dwelling on, right? So it's usually associated with like anxiousness about the future um, or the past, right? And the purpose is to bring us back to the present. And uh, yeah, I know you've read a few books that are all about being present. So I know you love that topic. I for sure have actually started reading. It's a book called The Book of Moods. Ooh. It talks about like, not to like specify women, but I'm sure it's talk about women in the book and how someone will say something to us and it'll affect us emotionally or we'll see something. We're just like maybe a bit more sensitive and how to like recognize those moods coming and not to let them ruin your day. So I just started reading it, but it, it does, I would you know, really touch on emotional distractions um, and how they can affect your life. But it's so interesting. Another thing, just talking about all this, it makes you realize that 
if you can get to the state where you're not as distracted, it's so much more peaceful. Like when you said you just sit down and you write for an hour, like how nice does that feel instead of spending an hour being like, oh, I have to write, but I, I got to check my messages and I got to check my email. And I got to do this. Like, yeah. it's like so in the present moment in your zone and you, you do so much better work. Like these are the, the real meaningful, valuable things in your life that we're spending less time on or missing out on for all this like frivolous thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even after doing this research and doing my notes of this episode, I, today I just spent it with such great intention and I did everything by itself. I just, you know, I exercised, I did my work and I was fully focused on my work. I wrote for an hour and I let friends know hey, I'm going to be away from my phone right now. So I was able to have that focus on. And I, anyways, I was, I was like brushing my hair, getting ready for this. And I was like, oh, like, this is great. I should feel proud of my day. I did this, yeah. and, this and I did a hundred percent of each. Right? It's so nice. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, you know, we just check off our to-do list, but we should start checking it off if we were fully present and gave it our all. Everything's just, I, I feel like I just had a aha moment as Oprah would call it but I'm gonna implement that into my life like if I'm gonna do something I want to give it 110 percent yeah yeah to do this. that's being present that's really what it is yeah it is yeah so really essentially minimalism again helps you clear that clutter whether physical mental digital to give you clarity more clarity more focus you become more aware of all these distractions and you'll have the space to manage and remove them. Again, some distractions, we can't actually remove them, but we can remove, we can manage all distractions, which is great. We can manage them. And by managing them, we have the opportunity to be more present every day. And let me tell you, it feels so, it feels so good because by being present, you're going to keep on track and you are going to save so much time. So you'll have time to do the things that you want to do in life, right? You'll be freeing up time. And the energy to do it. I I do want to end on one more note. If there's things I want to do in life, like go somewhere or do a project or make something or, and it gets, starts to get really complicated. I don't know if you've had these situations. I I tell myself, I'm like, if it's not simple or it's so complicated. I'm just not going to do it. Like once things start to get overly complicated and it's just such a mess, I try to take a step back and be like, is this worth like all of these headaches? Like how can I simplify this? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I do think, I just want to use an example, but I, I want to make gingerbread cookies this Christmas and, mm-hmm. and like shortbreads and everything. And I went out and bought all the electrical mixers and the bowls and the all the ingredients and the decorations and like I made them and it was nice but I looked at them at the end and I was like "Eh, that was not worth that I should have just bought in a few gingerbread men or baked them at my parents where they already had all of the equipment and ingredients but I'm just giving that as an example sometimes if our lives get too complicated or there's too much going on it's nice to just take a step back and be like can I simplify this or because otherwise it just gets too you get the physical clutter and the mental clutter and the emotional clutter. So what would you have done differently? You would have just made a couple cup of cookies. You wouldn't have been overwhelmed, overwhelmed yourself or. Well, actually what I learned was I'm like, 
next year, just make one or two cookies. Don't make like four types. I already have this stuff so I can do it. And like, don't try to decorate. Like I made four types of cookies this Christmas and it was just too much. And the condo is so small. Like, but now I know next year, just stick with the classics, stick with the basics, you know, make those decisions. It's like your to-do list. Like what, what do you really want to do the most that day and get accomplished? Cause we, we just fill it up with so many little, t- little things. Even I have like a, a general running to-do list and I had so much stuff on there that I didn't actually need to do and having it on the list stressed me out. So I just took a, like almost everything off except the things I really needed to do. And now I'm actually working on those things. Yeah. And you'll be able to be less distracted because yeah. you're those extra items, even though you had more on your list, you'll do, you'll distract yourself more because it gives you anxiety. Yeah. And then we, we get to the point where it's like, it's too much. I can't do anything. So yes. Yes. The weird part is sometimes you do less, you end up accomplishing a lot more because you're Mm -hmm. able to do a lot better of a job at it. And give it a hundred percent. Give it a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah. So uh, going back to Leo Babauta uh, at zenhabits.com, he has a blog uh, titled ways to free up your time. And he mentions, find your time wasters. So if you have time wasters, manage them or remove them because they're obviously, they're not adding to your life, right? Um, Especially if they're not, right? If there are time wasters, it's always good to have wasted time. You need to recharge and have time to do nothing. And as high performing individuals, sometimes it's very hard for us to do that, but it's so important. And he says, uh, so take a time out, he recommends. He says, schedule the time, you know, work the time in, remove non-essential meetings, even Zoom meetings. Uh, if it can just be quicker, just an email exchange, just get it done that way. I know there's a lot of Zoom fatigue right now, uh, in addition to COVID fatigue. And he, again, like me, he said, do the tax you dread the most the first, right? Do the task you dread the most first. Uh, Cut back on email. Says learn to say no. Again, setting boundaries, communicating to your friends and family. Hey, I'm focused time, etc. Also delegate tasks. And the biggest one that I really liked is that he says disconnect from the internet, you know, and sometimes even just turning the internet off will be helpful. You know, I I don't, I'll admittedly, I don't do that enough. Yeah. Well, none of us do it enough. I feel like people's internet goes down and they have a panic attack. Well, now, uh, you know, uh, the iPhone 12, you can actually put it underwater. <laughs> like, gosh, like oh, you, showers. You will get sleep. away from it. <laughs> yeah. Even when Wi-Fi came to the airlines, I was like, oh, it was that one place I could just disconnect. I really liked that. And then also the shower is another place you can disconnect. And now it's like we can have yeah. internet everywhere. Oh my God, pretty soon they're going to be like, and now the iPhone is unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be attached to us in some way. So anyways, this was so fun, Lauren. I really like yeah, this. This was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this is helpful for all of you guys. This is again, a journey for us as well. Uh, but we've learned a lot over the past, I would say over the past year, especially we've been working on this. So I'm excited to share this episode with you guys. So to close, uh, I'd love to mention a few things. So as many of you know, we just launched our monthly simple living classes uh, called Master Simplicity. You can go to our new website. It's at 
mastersimplicity.com and you'll be able to find the classes link uh, where you'll see our first class that just came out on December 21st. And our next class will be at the end of January. And I should mention that our first class was titled Dress Your Best in 2021. And it's focused on how to build a capsule wardrobe and keep an organized closet for good. Lauren and I had a lot of fun recording. Yeah, that was so fun. We've had a lot of people watch the class and we've had a lot of really good feedback. So we hope you guys watch it and you enjoy it. And if you know you want to give us feedback or let us know what you thought of it, we would love that because we're going to be having a class every single month for you guys. Yes, yes. And we, we will be announcing uh, what our next class is soon on that website, mastersimplicity.com. So stay tuned, add yourself to our mailing list. We will be sending out emails about what our next class will be all about. And also on our website, you can check out our one-on-one simple living consultations. If you love to connect with Lauren and I about some area of your life that you'd like to simplify, whether it's uh, the physical clutter, mental, emotional, or digital, we can definitely help you there. You can gather your friends. We do group sessions or we do one-on-one sessions with you. And you can contact us by emailing us at millennialminimalist at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Even just doing this podcast today really helped put things into perspective for my life. So I hope you got a lot out of it and can apply some of these things because, you know, you don't want to be distracted from the big meaningful stuff that actually matters. Yeah. You want to be able to live a life that is intentional and you're going to want to live by the life that you want to live right and, and it was worth it. it was worth living you don't want to look back and be like oh shoot like I was so distracted by all these stupid little things that I never paid attention to like the big meaningful stuff yes exactly so let's turn off our internet tonight Lauren and let's just disconnect yes <laughs> Lauren's like yes no I'm like, like I downloaded a Netflix episode first <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that's yeah. okay it's yeah, that's if you only watch Netflix and only watch Netflix, that's okay. Just don't be on your phone at the same time, listening to music in the background, someone talking to you. Just watch Netflix. Just watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, and speaking of Netflix, before we close, The Minimalists, they're coming out with their new documentary. It's coming out. I am it's- so excited. Like January 1st, I'm going to be logged on watching that immediately. I'm so excited to see it. It's called Less Is Now. And it totally is. And actually a year ago, last December, we argued that the next decade is going to be the decade of less. And this is this has become a reality. This is the beginning. So we're so excited. And uh, again, thank you all for listening to us. And we will speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying our show, please hit the subscribe button and kindly rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your words really keep us motivated. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalist, where you can follow our journeys and find more information on our simple living coaching sessions. Thanks again for your time. And remember, minimalism is a lifestyle template. It is an opportunity for you to remove the excess from your life so that you can focus on the things that matter most to you. Be inspired to ultimately design a simpler, more intentional life.